add to the woes of what Christians are suffering, particularly in the United States, probably all throughout the world. So don't ever think that you can pass judgment on anyone. It's not, you can't group any, any one um, group of people into, you can't group any type of people into one um, group and just say they're all bad. Because it's just not true. It's just not how it is. I looked when he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood. So um, this would be like an eclipse happening at this sixth seal. And like I said, some preachers will preach that this um, is where the um, Antichrist appears. And again, there's no mention of an Antichrist. And also the same preachers that preach that also said that that first horse was the Antichrist. So that's a contradiction within some churches. But if you just read what it says, the sixth seal was um, the eclipse happening, basically. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig drops its late figs when it's shaken by a mighty wind. So um, this could, if you want to think figuratively, if you want to think literally, this would be terrible. It'd be like when the mass extinction of the dinosaurs, when um, um, heavenly bodies hit the earth, they believe, and caused the widespread death and extinction, extinction of the dinosaurs. Although that's only a theory because lots of other living creatures, lots of other um, forms of life survive that. Um, and also, it doesn't seem like it'd be possible that um, one impact like that would affect the entire globe. I understand that it could cause, um, um, you know, things in the atmosphere that would seal off, um, prevent all sorts of life from continuing. I understand that completely. Um, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't make sense that only the big giant creatures would die from that, but other big giant creatures would survive, like elephants, whales. Um, it, I, I mean, it's possible, but like I said, it's just a theory. They really don't know. But if you want to think about it literally, it's saying the stars from heaven are falling to the earth, um, which would be a whole lot of people dying if that actually did ever happen, because people wouldn't be able to survive that kind of impact even one small um, object hitting the earth has um, the power of many many nuclear bombs particularly depending on where it lands so if you want to think about it literally that's what it's saying is going to happen but if you want to think about it figuratively, figuratively like a lot of preachers will preach it this is actually they're saying this signifies the falling um, angels falling from heaven and those are the stars that it's referring to um, and that that's what's falling to the earth but, I mean, that doesn't really make much sense either because the fallen angels happened way back in Genesis. And it, it doesn't really make much sense that um, more angels would fall later seeing what happened to them. But if they did, why would they be in heaven all this time in the meantime? So it seems more likely to me that it is physical cosmic disturbances, like it says, um, and that it's actual um, things from the sky falling to the earth, and that would cause a lot of destruction which is basically what's all leading up here. It's destruction after destruction and loss after loss until the, which would describe a tribulation, which it's called, which Jesus did say that there would be tribulation and that's what would make sense. And then also, if you want to say that it was angels, wouldn't he just say it's angels? Then uh, the sky receded as a scroll and it is rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. Um, 
that definitely seems like um, it would have to be a, a literal translation of what's going on as far as in space and on the earth, not something figurative because um, if things like that happen, that would be like the tectonic plates moving. And that also would cause a whole lot of destruction on the earth because it would mean massive earthquakes for an island to move, for land to move out of its place. And again, these things happen in real life, in real, um, like nowadays, these things do happen. A tectonic place shift and there are tsunamis. So um, it seems to me that's what it would be talking about. And as far as the sky receding, um, like a scroll rolled up, you could think about that um, like on the plains in America, the, 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 the Great Plains states. You can see that because it's wide and it's a large area of flat land. And if you look up, especially when a tornado or something's about to form, you can see the sky, the clouds rolling along and then swirl and then create the, the storm. That's basically what he's saying. He's saying uh, that's what the vision is showing there, showing him here. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. So it does seem like he's talking literally, not not figuratively, because if those things happen, if um, there are objects falling from the sky, um, like with the dinosaurs destroying people, if land is shifting, plates are shifting, that would destroy most structures, no matter how well they're built. And that would cause people to be, go back to being in the caves. It would throw people back really fast. You can think about that in the sense of when natural disasters happen, hurricanes, those are the ones I've lived through, hurricanes and um, one earthquake. But if you think about tornadoes, tsunamis, after when people get wiped out, even if you survive it, once electricity is gone or God forbid your cell phone goes out for a day, people go caveman really, really fast and are set back really quickly. So you can imagine if all of these things begin to happen and the internet goes out and your TV goes out, the internet alone will be enough to throw everyone into a panic because that's how, and it's a, it's a sign of the 666, the double WWW will get to there eventually, uh, God willing, um, that if the internet goes out, everything nowadays would just go under because the power grids are run by the internet the uh, national security as far as bombs and uh, that sort of thing are run by the internet. Um, banking and, and your money would be, people would go nuts if the internet went down worldwide, even for an hour, much less permanently. That would set everyone back instantly if just the internet went down, much less power loss and everything. So um, it's not like it would take a whole lot for these things to happen. Uh, and with all these things happening, uh, the people have gone back to living in caves and in rocks and said to the mountains and rocks, fall and hide from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. So this differentiate, I didn't say all this because I wouldn't say these things. I don't want rocks falling on me. Um, but you can read it there what it says. They're basically pleading for death. They rather have death than live through the tribulation that they're experiencing. Um, and, a, and a, the recognition that things are happening to them because it's the wrath of God coming upon them is what at least what they're saying. And most likely it is what it's, what's causing it because we just went over the fact that there are martyrs in heaven crying out for vengeance. That means a lot of Christians who 
have died for their faith. And so basically evil is abounding in the world and those things are happening. And so because of that, the people believe and they're probably right that the wrath of God and of the Lamb, Jesus, is falling on them. And that that's why these things are happening. But a great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand. So that ends the book, uh, I mean, this chapter six of Revelation. And I feel like this is where it's really starting to get going as far as Revelations, you can put your um, kind of try and match up to what's happening in our lives and in the world now. So um, anyway, that completes this reading. I appreciate you reading along with me. I hope it was a blessing for you. And like I always say, God willing, see you again. Um, Wednesday, we'll pick up in uh, where we left off in Luke. And um, God willing, next Saturday night, Sunday morning, just after midnight, we'll continue here in Revelation. And like I said, I say God willing because... A lot of you realize now that you may not be back tomorrow. You can see that by the businesses shutting down. You can see that by, um, um, you can look around and see. You may think that tomorrow is just guaranteed it's going to be there. The next thing you know, that job you depended on is gone. Three million applying for unemployment in one week. That's a sign. And that's that three million represents the one, if this coronavirus is as deadly as it's predicted to be 10 times deadlier than the flu, that would put it at about 1% mortality rate, which in America, it sounds like it's a small number, but that 1% one, 1 equals about 3 million people plus 3 million, 3.5 million people approximately. That's a whole lot of people with just 1%, but some are predicting it to be as high as 3%, which would be about 9 to 10 million people. And then if you look at what's happening in Italy or around the world, 10,000 people have died. And that represents about 10% of the total number of people who they confirmed tested positive for the coronavirus. So like I say, God willing, I'll see you again. And in the meantime, take care of yourself, wash your hands, be careful and be blessed. Thanks again. Peace. Welcome to The Naked Truth. As always, if you expect to see nudity, just go to my website, tongueteagirl.com. Click on the pictures there. I update it every week. You can um, watch the videos of me. You can see that side of me there. Um, there are free videos. I update it every week, and they appear differently depending on whether you're on your laptop or your mobile device. Uh, you get the most videos if you're looking on a PC or a laptop. Um, like I said, check out the videos there. You can see that side of me. Uh, get a subscription, make a donation, or just check out the free stuff. All of it is appreciated. Thank you for checking it out. Now, if you know what we do here at this time, it's um, we go over the red letter gospel of Jesus Christ. And since we've already gone through Matthew, Mark, and John, we're finishing up Luke on Wednesdays, but we're, we've started Revelation. And we've made it through chapter 4, and that's what we're going to pick up at. Um, just as a quick recap. You can notice that in chapter 4, some things seem different than how they were, how Jesus said them in the Gospels. For instance, it's a throne room set, throne room set up um, is what um, the writer is seeing. John is the writer, and it's not sure which John it is, whether it's um, John the Apostle or John the Baptist or some other John. It's not really clear. Um, 
and the writing style was different from both from the way both of those Johns spoke. Um, but at any rate, the writer's name is John, and he's having a vision here, and it takes him to um, he's seeing a throne room set up in heaven, and um, if you notice the on the throne, it's describing someone with a divine appearance, full of uh, light, rainbow, um, glistening, basically, and it's. Um, it seems that it would be a description of God, uh, not Jesus, um, because then it says a lamb um, uh, comes forward. Uh, well, well, that's going to come in this next chapter. But what you notice is that there's no mention of a throne being set, uh, a throne seat being set for Jesus um, in this vision, only for um, God Almighty, the Father. Um, so that's a little different than what Jesus said. At, at the end of the Gospels, it said that Jesus um, ascended and sat down at the right hand of God. Yet in this vision, there's no mention of him being there at, um, in the um, throne room, uh, at least in this setting. So um, that's the beginning of the contradictions. But they're going to really continue as we go on further with um, what happens in this next chapter 5, beginning um, at verse 1. So if you'd like... Um, you can read along with me with your Bible or just listen in either way. Be blessed. Uh, so we're going to begin. Um, Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Um, so another thing, just so you, in case you, it is chapter, it's verse by verse, but none of this is going to be uh, red letter gospel or at least not going to be supposed to be quoting Jesus in this chapter. So we'll probably go through it pretty quickly. Um, and I'll try to, you know, um, explain anything that stands out to me, um, at least to my, my best of my understanding, um, as we go. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep reading. So um, then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open a scroll and to loose its seals? So basically, um, scroll is a prophecy, it seems like, um, with revelations inside of it, things to come. But it's sealed with seven seals, um, and um, one by one they're going to be revealed. But that won't be until the next chapter. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So the message inside was sealed. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or look at it. So it's like um, knowledge and information that's um, helpful to everyone, but sealed up from everyone so that no one could actually comprehend it or understand it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold the lamb, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. So, um, when they're saying the uh, uh, root of David, the Lion of Judah, it's referring to the um, prophesied king that would come from the line of David, the king in the Old Testament. And um, basically it's saying Jesus. It's saying that this is the one who was prophesied to come before, which is Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, is the one who's worthy to open the seal and um, read the scroll. I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. So um, 
the seven spirits again is something that's not mentioned by Jesus anywhere in the Gospels. Um, as far as um, only the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the um, in all of the Gospels as far as being the Spirit of God. But here in Revelation, we have seven spirits that are attributed to um, to um, Christ having. Then he came and took the scroll and on the right hand and out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. So um, the lamb that was slain would be Jesus who was slain as a sacrifice and uh, resurrected. And as I'm reading this, I'm thinking maybe we were at this um, last week. The whole switching platforms is still, I'm still adjusting to it. But I checked the past videos and I only saw four. So I'm thinking we were up to this chapter. Um, now let's keep reading. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So um, again, this is something that Jesus never mentioned about um, the elders in heaven having incense or the prayers of the saints. And of course, this may not be, um, it says it's a throne room in heaven. That's how it began um, as the um, as this revelation, um, a door standing open in heaven. So it would seem like this would be a vision of heaven itself. Um, and that there are, are incense, that there's incense being offered, but that it's actually the prayers of the saints. So, um, so it seems like it'd be a figurative speaking of the incense, that it's not incense actually being offered. It's, it's the faithful prayers ascending up to where God is. And they sang a new song saying, you're worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. So that sort of lets us know, assuming that revelation is a divine revelation from Jesus Christ, that um, people from all around the world are going to be drawn to uh, Christ's salvation, not just uh, any particular ethnic group, say Jews or anyone else, but from all around the world, people will be drawn and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. So that lets us know um, a false teaching of Paul, for instance, that the earth will be burned away, burned up, maybe even Peter, it'll be burned away in um, all the rudiments and all that. But here it says clearly that um, it's not gonna be burned away, that um, there's kings, that these people will rule as kings on the earth who they rule over i'm not sure because that contradicts again what jesus said that it's not going to be like that us ruling over each other that that's what the gentiles do and that if you want to be great and rule in god's eyes you have to take the humble low road so again that's just another contradiction and i looked and i heard the voice of many angels around the throne the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands so that's basically a million people surrounding the throne and um thousands and thousands more and that sounds like a lot of people when you consider that america alone has 350 million people truly uh, that's a tiny 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 percentage it's like less than one percent of just the american population um if it were you know if it's that many people so and just on that 1%, just so you realize, to put it in perspective, um, if you think about the coronavirus, um, like I mentioned, the, my family that are quarantined in Georgia for, because of the 
of the coronavirus, and I included a link there on the Naked Truth page on my site. Those six people at the time that I posted that were um, made up one percent of the total number of deaths in America. That's that was six hundred people then. It's basically doubled since then, and that was just a few days ago. Um, and that's just America, and that's just that tiny town. So that should help put you put it in perspective just how large the epidemic is. In fact, today, 10,000 people have been, more than 10,000 people have been reported dead in Italy, almost 1,000 dying in one day alone. So um, just to put it in perspective of how many people you're talking here, it sounds like a lot of people, and it is, but when you compare it to the total population, 6 billion people in the world, it's really not that many people. Um, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. So the praises that the ones that are there are giving are all those millions are praising Jesus, basically the lamb, though it doesn't directly say that it's Jesus. It's, it only talks about him as the lamb in the sense of the, that he was the sacrifice. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. So basically continually praising Jesus um, and God who sits on the throne um, forever. Then the four living creatures said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. And just because it's only been 10 minutes and because at the next chapter also doesn't have any red letters. I'm just going to keep on reading. And also because I think we did go over this chapter five before. So if so, my apologies, just consider it a review if you would. And if um, so, chapter six. Now, I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard one of the living, one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, come and see. So now you see that Jesus is beginning to open the, well, we'll say the lamb, because it doesn't say it's Jesus, it says the lamb. And as you can see, there's being interference again with my, um, the presence, presentation of my screen, but I'm going to keep reading. Well, actually, let's pick up with um, chapter six and a new reading just a second.
just a second. We're going to pick up in Revelation chapter 6 now, since um, we I think we did 5 already. So thank you for your patience. So let's begin again, and hopefully without hassle. Welcome back to The Naked Truth. Um, as always, if you expect to see nudity, check out my website, songtgirl.com. Click on the pictures I update it every week. They are actually free videos for you. Uh, they'll appear differently depending on whether you're looking on your mobile device or your PC uh, laptop or whatever. There's more videos if you look from uh, a PC um, than on your phone, but there's free videos all around. Check them out. Feel free to um, get a subscription, a membership, or make a donation, or just enjoy the free content. All of it is very much appreciated. Now, to pick up where we left off here, we do... Uh, reading um, and review of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to pick up in Revelation chapter 6. And I stopped 5 because we, some, I don't know why, it seems like sabotage, but God only knows that um, towards the end of the last one, there were pop-ups uh, on the video. But now it seems to be okay, so we're just going to continue. We're going to pick up at Revelation chapter 6, verse 1. And just to quickly review chapter 5, we saw a vision of, of, of heaven with um, a sealed scroll with information and a prophecy of revelation that no one was found worthy to open and read except for the slain lamb being Jesus Christ. Um, although it doesn't address him as Jesus Christ in this prophecy. And we saw some contradictions in there, like, for instance, the throne room not having a throne set for Jesus and um, a few others. But that's what happened in chapter 5. So we're going to pick up in Revelation chapter 6, verse 1. Now, I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud voice, like thunder, come and see. So now Jesus, the Lamb, well, I'll just keep saying the Lamb because it didn't specific, specifically say it's Jesus, but it just makes sense that it's Jesus because it was the Lamb slain who died and resurrected, and it's obviously not a sheep. But um, symbolic or figuratively saying the lamb, the sacrifice, is who's able to do it. And I looked at behold a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. So um, the first um, seal revealed um, a force, is what I would say. It says a horse, but if you really want to think about it, that's figurative. It's not an actual horse. If you want to think about it figuratively, you have to think about a force that's going out, conquering and to conquer. And um, you could think of that as, um, well, let me say this. One, I know some preachers will preach that this is the Antichrist here. But then that same preacher will turn around and say that um, the, the Antichrist comes at the sixth seal, sixth trumpet, and the sixth vial. This isn't the sixth. This is the first. And it's not the Antichrist. And I believe what it's saying is that a uh, force is going to go out, and since it says given a crown, if you really think about it in a literal sense, the word corona, as in coronavirus, actually translate to, translates to crown. So it's possible this could be a prophecy of the coronavirus going forward and conquering people. Um, I mean, just something to consider. And if so, that does put us right here at the doors of this revelation coming true. If it isn't the coronavirus, which, um, I mean, it's possible it could be, if it's not, it's saying there's a force that's going to go out conquering and to conquer, and that actually could be misinformation, it could be ignorance, it could be all kinds of things. 
Um, but since it's given a crown, crown translates to corona, so it could be the coronavirus. Who knows? When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, come and see. And another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another. And it was given to him a great sword. So that's basically the second force that's going out, um, again, described as a horse, um, is, um, is war, basically. It's um, conflict on the earth. That's what's, um, what's sent out. But since that's happened since like the beginning of time, it, that wouldn't be an easy um, uh, signpost to watch for wars and rumors of wars or something Jesus said would happen. But if you really think about it, there's been wars and rumors of wars since the beginning. So it'd be kind of hard to say, oh, that's a signal of the end. When he opened a third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. And I looked and behold, a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat, four denarius, and three quarts of barley, four denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. So this um, third Force, third horse that is a force which goes out into the world is is described as scarcity. It'd be a saying you'll work all day, but for very very little. And when it says don't harm the oil, the harm the oil or the wine, um, of the wheat. Let's take them one at a time. Um, first, there's a third rider, a third force going out, and a pair of scales meaning balance, fairness, weighing things out. That would mean, if you consider um, how inflation works, how just a few weeks ago, eggs, a dozen eggs, at least at Aldi, were 58, 59 cents. Now they're over a dollar. So it's the same thing. You're getting the same thing, but it's costing you a lot more. That's what it's saying is going to happen. And that's going to be a sign of, um, of this seal. And then in the part about um, a quarter wheat for denarius, that's the scarcity, and three quarts of barley. Again, it's the scarcity and the inflation of things costing a lot more than they should. And in this case, in the case of now, um, modern times, it's because of corruption that that happens, where, for instance, farms are being subsidized and given welfare to keep prices artificially high just because to keep those people on the side of maintaining the system of corporate socialism, corporate welfare, and nothing for the people. It's happening. It's what's happening now. I mean, and it's, of course, you can say it's happened before. It's happened in other countries. But the fact that it's mentioned here as a sign um, of this um, third seal. And then, and do not harm the oil or wine. In the, If you think about old times, the oil would be the olive oil. Um, or wine. If you think about modern times, the oil would be petroleum, and it's saying, it's saying you're spending all this money to get a little bit of wheat to eat, and um, or some barley to make some bread and eat, and that's all you're going to be able to afford. And don't even think about being able to afford gas. Now you can see now that petroleum, oil, gas is on a, um, it's completely manipulated for one because one. The U.S. has been the number one producer of oil for a very long time now, um, at least in re modern history. And yet the gas prices are still ridiculously high. I remember in the 90s, gas was a dollar a gallon. Now it's twice that, even though the U.S. is the number one producer. 
And even now that you see Saudi Arabia and um, one of the Middle Eastern countries, I think Iran, engaged in a, 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 a price war over oil, the prices still haven't gone down all that much. It's just under two dollars. When if you think, and it's all because of corruption and manipulation. So if you think about it realistically, if we're the number one producer of oil, there's no reason gas should be so expensive. We should easily, especially since it's being subsidized. It's not like they're producing oil on their own. If you don't know, the oil industry, just like many other industries and corporations, are completely subsidized by the U.S. government. That means the money you pay. That means if you want to go get food stamps or if you want to go get a welfare check or if you want to get Social Security or disability, disability, you're going to have to jump through all kinds of hoops and meet all kinds of requirements and be vetted through all kinds of dis different systems before you'll get a penny. But if you're a corporation, you're going to get millions, billions, actually, in subsidies in a country that's supposedly capitalist, which means only the survival of the fittest. If your business can't make money, you go under but that's not how it is. That's what capitalism is supposed to mean. That's not what it actually is in practice. In practice, in reality, if you're not going to be a hypocrite, capitalism in America means if you're a corporation, the government will pay you to stay in business and give you money, proven by this recent bailout, $2 billion, $2 trillion, excuse me, which um, only about 25% is going to the common people. The rest of it is going to corporations and things that are supposed to be able to survive on their own, but it's just a talking point. It's just a lie that people buy into. Even people who don't benefit from it, that keep it going. So if you, just one last thing. If you think that you don't need to vote, you don't need to include yourself in politics, it's very foolish because politics is all about policy. That means you're voting for whatever your policy is that you're going to have to live by. So if you're okay with um, things like uh, corporate welfare, but nothing for poor people, if you're okay with uh, police brutality and nothing happening to them, uh, if you're okay with uh, the double standard of women only making 75 cents on the dollar when men make a dollar just because they're women, if you're okay with all that, then that's fine. Keep voting the way you're going to vote. But if you would like to change those policies, the point is you should vote to change those policies. Sitting back and doing nothing isn't going to benefit you. Um, so anyway, that's what is saying. What's um, the third seal was when he opened the fourth seal? I heard a voice from the fourth living creature saying, "Come and see." And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed with him, and a and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. So um, basically that's mass deaths, mass um, massive loss of life. That's what um, is saying um, the fourth seal is going to reveal. That the pale horse um, is death. Um, if you remember, uh, the first horse was uh, white, I believe, right? Uh, a white horse. But this uh, fourth one is a pale one. And neither one of them is Antichrist. The word Antichrist still has not been mentioned yet in any of the Gospels, or here in Revelation, um, or even a figure of the Antichrist. But in any rate, at any rate um, this fourth um, seal revealed a lot of people dying, widespread death on the earth. And um, the means that people would die, uh, um, well, I guess the other thing to notice is that it says, 
death and Hades, which would be um, death, obviously, and Hades would be hell, what we consider, what we call hell, um, riding around, basically. So people are getting swallowed up by death and going to hell is what um, those two horses are, um, what those two forces are bringing about on the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. So, um, this is a little different. I mean, this sort of aligns with what um, is said in the book of Luke about what happens to people, say the rich man and Lazarus, uh, upon dying, one went to hell and the other one was in Abraham's bosom. But there's no mention of God being in either place there at all. And that was Jesus giving that um, that story, that account. Um, here where we see that there is access to God, at least in this um, vision. And the people who have access to God are the ones who've been martyred, basically. And that just means they've given their lives, whether voluntarily or not, they've died for their testimony to of to Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ to the world. And that that's who's surrounding the throne there of God. And they cry with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? So um, the um, people there, the souls there that are surrounding God, um, they're not just there giving praises like the millions that we just read about in chapter 5. These are the martyrs, the ones who died for their testimony. And what they're asking for is basically revenge. They're asking their blood be avenged, that they didn't die for any, for nothing, that their suffering wasn't for nothing in vain. And they're asking God to do something about it. And how long are you going to sit there on the throne and watch while our brothers are murdered? And a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren also would be killed as they were, was completed. So this lets us know that this isn't um, a completely, this isn't a hereafter revelation. You know, this isn't something that's going to happen after it all is over with. This is leading up to it because he's saying all of the martyrs haven't arrived yet. So there are still some who are to die uh, for their testimony um, of Jesus Christ. I love when he opened, and just the one last thing you can think of, in case you don't think that happens nowadays, it does. There have been um, Christian martyrs, whether they were actually carrying forth the, the gospel or not, they identify themselves as Christian and they um, were murdered. Some you can find the videos online. Sometimes they posted like the beheadings um, in recent years um, by like ISIS or the Taliban or whoever. Um, but not just there, and they're not just, it's not just over there, it happens here in the States too with these mass shooters shooting up innocent people, many of whom are Christians. Um, so don't just, don't think that you can just lump, um, uh, just lump all the, the guilty into one group, um, thinking, oh, it's only the Muslims that it, or it's only some other non-Christian group that's guilty of taking the lives or even making the lives of Christians difficult. Many, many times, it's other Christians, or at least people could call themselves Christians, who um, add to the sorrows, add to the woes of what Christians are suffering, particularly in the United States, probably all throughout the world. So don't ever think that you can pass judgment on anyone. It's not, you can't group any, any one um, group of people into, you can't group any type of people into one 
um, group and just say they're all bad. It's just not true. It's just not how it is. I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. So um, this would be like an eclipse happening at this sixth seal. And like I said, some preachers will preach that this um, is where uh, um, Antichrist appears. And again, there's no mention of an Antichrist. And also the same preachers that preach that also said that that first horse was the Antichrist. So that's a contradiction within some churches. But if you just read what it says, the sixth seal was um, the eclipse happening, basically. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig drops its late figs when it's shaken by a mighty wind. So um, this could, if you want to think figuratively, if you want to think literally, this would be terrible. It'd be like when the mass extinction of the dinosaurs, when um, um, heavenly bodies hit the earth, they believe, and caused the widespread death and extinction, extinction of the dinosaurs. Although that's only a theory because lots of other living creatures, lots of other um, forms of life survive that. Um, and also, it doesn't seem like it'd be possible that um, one impact like that would affect the entire globe. I understand that it could cause, um, um, you know, things in the atmosphere that would seal off, um, prevent all sorts of life from continuing. I understand that completely. Um, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't make sense that only the big giant creatures would die from that, but other big giant creatures would survive, like elephants, whales. Um, it, I, I mean, it's possible, but like I said, it's just a theory. They really don't know. But if you want to think about it literally, it's saying the stars from heaven are falling to the earth, um, which would be a whole lot of people dying if that actually did ever happen, because people wouldn't be able to survive that kind of impact even one small um object hitting the earth has um the power of many many nuclear bombs particularly depending on where it lands so if you want to think about it literally that's what it's saying is going to happen but if you want to think about it figuratively figuratively like a lot of preachers will preach it this is actually they're saying this signifies the falling um angels falling from heaven and those are the stars that it's referring to um and that that's what's falling to the earth but, I mean, that doesn't really make much sense either because the fallen angels happened way back in Genesis. And it, it doesn't really make much sense that um, more angels would fall later, seeing what happened to them. But if they did, why would they be in heaven all this time in the meantime? So it seems more likely to me that it is physical cosmic disturbances, like it says, um, and that it's actual um, things from the sky falling to the earth, and that would cause a lot of destruction which is basically what's all leading up here. It's destruction after destruction and loss after loss until the, which would describe a tribulation, which it's called, which Jesus did say that there would be tribulation and that's what would make sense. And then also, if he wanted to say that it was angels, wouldn't he just say it's angels? Then uh, the sky receded as a scroll and it is rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. Um, uh, that definitely seems like um, it would have to be a, a literal translation of what's going on as far as in space and on the earth, not something figurative, because um, if things like that happen, that would be like the tectonic plates moving 
And that also would cause a whole lot of destruction on the earth because it would mean massive earthquakes for an island to move, for land to move out of its place. And again, these things happen in real life, in real, um, like nowadays, these things do happen. A tectonic place shift and there are tsunamis. So um, it seems to me that's what it would be talking about. And as far as the sky receding, um, like a scroll rolled up, you could think about that, um, like on the plains in America, the, 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 the Great Plains states, you can see that because it's wide and it's a large area of flat land. And if you look up, especially when a tornado or something's about to form, you can see the sky, the clouds rolling along and then swirl and then create the, the storm. That's basically what he's saying. He's saying, uh, that's what the vision is showing there, showing him here. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. So it does seem like he's talking literally, not not figuratively, because if those things happen, if um, there are objects falling from the sky, um, like with the dinosaurs destroying people, if land is shifting, plates are shifting, that would destroy most structures, no matter how well they're built. And that would cause people to be, go back to being in the caves. It would throw people back really fast. And you can think about that in the sense of when natural disasters happen, hurricanes. Those are the ones I've lived through, hurricanes and um, one earthquake. But if you think about tornadoes, tsunamis, after when people get wiped out, even if you survive it, once electricity is gone or, God forbid, your cell phone goes out, for a day, people go caveman really, really fast and are set back really quickly. So you can imagine if all of these things begin to happen and the internet goes out and your TV goes out, the internet alone would be enough to throw everyone into a panic because that's how, and it's a, it's a sign of the 666, the double WWW will get to there eventually, uh, God willing. Um, that if the internet goes out, everything nowadays would just go under because the power grids are run by the internet, the uh, national security as far as bombs and uh, that sort of thing are run by the internet, um, banking and, and your money would be, people would go nuts if the internet went down worldwide, even for an hour, much less permanently. That would set everyone back instantly if just the internet went down, much less power loss and everything. So um, it's not like it would take a whole lot for these things to happen. Uh, and with all these things happening, uh, the people have gone back to living in caves and in rocks and said to the mountains and rocks fall and hide from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. So this differentiate, I didn't say all this because I wouldn't say these things. I don't want rocks falling on me. Um, but you can read it there, what it says. They're basically pleading for death. They'd rather have death than live through the tribulation that they're experiencing. Um, and, a, and a, the recognition that things are happening to them because it's the wrath of God coming upon them is what, at least what they're saying. And most likely it is what it's, what's causing it because we just went over the fact that there are martyrs in heaven crying out for vengeance. That means a lot of Christians who have died for their faith. And so basically evil is abounding in the world and those things are happening. And so because of that, the people believe and they're probably right that the wrath of God and of the Lamb, Jesus, is falling on them. And that that's why these things are happening. But a great day 
of his wrath has come and who is able to stand. So that ends the book of, I mean, this chapter six of Revelation. And I feel like this is where it's really starting to get going as far as revelations you can put your um, kind of try match up to what's happening in our lives and in the world now. So um, anyway, that completes this reading. I appreciate you reading along with me. I hope it was a blessing for you. And like I always say, God willing, see you again. Um, Wednesday we'll pick up in uh, where we left Bob and Luke. And um, God willing, next Saturday night, Sunday morning, just after midnight, we'll continue here in Revelation. And like I said, I say God willing because a lot of you realize now that you may not be back tomorrow. You can see that by the businesses shutting down. You can see that by, um, um, you can look around and see. You may think that tomorrow is just guaranteed it's going to be there. But next thing you know, that job you depended on is gone. Three million applying for unemployment in one week. That's a sign. And that's that three million represents the one. If this coronavirus is as deadly as it's predicted to be 10 times deadlier than the flu, that would put it at about 1% mortality rate, which in America, it sounds like it's a small number, but that 1% one, 1 equals about 3 million people, plus 3 million, 3.5 million people, approximately. That's a whole lot of people with just 1%, but some are predicting it to be as high as 3%, which would be about 9 to 10 million people. And then if you look at what's happening in Italy or around the world, 10,000 people have died and that represents about 10% of the total number of people who they confirmed tested positive for the coronavirus. So, like I say, God willing, I'll see you again. And in the meantime, take care of yourself, wash your hands, be careful, and be blessed. Thanks again. Peace.
rejects me. Rejects me. Rejects him.
just a second. We're going to pick up in Revelation chapter 6 now, since um, we I think we did 5 already. So thank you for your patience. So let's begin again, and hopefully without hassle. Welcome back to The Naked Truth. Um, as always, if you expect to see nudity, check out my website, hungtgirl.com. Click on the pictures. I update it every week. They are actually free videos for you. Uh, they'll appear differently depending on whether you're looking on your mobile device or your PC uh, laptop or whatever. There's more videos if you look from uh, a PC um, than on your phone, but there's free videos all around. Check them out. Feel free to um, get a subscription, a membership, or make a donation, or just enjoy the free content. All of it is very much appreciated. Now, to pick up where we left off here, we do... Uh, a reading um, and a review of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to pick up in Revelation chapter 6. And I stopped 5 because we, some, I don't know why, it seems like sabotage, but God only knows that um, towards the end of the last one, there were pop-ups uh, on the video, but now it seems to be okay. So we're just going to continue. We're going to pick up at Revelation chapter 6, verse 1. And just to quickly review chapter 5, we saw a vision of, of, of heaven with um, a sealed scroll with information and a prophecy of revelation that no one was found worthy to open and read except for the slain lamb being Jesus Christ. Um, although it doesn't address him as Jesus Christ in this prophecy. And we saw some contradictions in there, like, for instance, the throne room not having a throne set for Jesus and um, a few others. But that's what happened in chapter 5. So we're going to pick up in Revelation chapter 6, verse 1. Now, I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud voice, like thunder, come and see. So now Jesus, the Lamb, well, I'll just keep saying the Lamb because it didn't specific, specifically say it's Jesus, but it just makes sense that it's Jesus because it was the Lamb slain who died and resurrected. And it's obviously not a sheep. But um, symbolic or figuratively saying the lamb, the sacrifice, is who's able to do it. And I looked and behold a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. So um, the first um, seal revealed um, a force, is what I would say. It says a horse, but if you really want to think about it, that's figurative. It's not an actual horse. If you want to think about it figuratively, you have to think about a force that's going out, conquering and to conquer. And um, you could think of that as, um, well, let me say this. One, I know some preachers will preach that this is the Antichrist here. But then that same preacher will turn around and say that um, the, the Antichrist comes at the sixth seal, sixth trump, and the sixth vial. This isn't the sixth. This is the first. And it's not the Antichrist. It, I believe what it's saying is that a uh, force is going to go out, and since it says given a crown, if you really think about it in a literal sense, the word corona, as in coronavirus, actually translate to, translates to crown. So it's possible this could be a prophecy of the coronavirus going forward and conquering people. Um, I mean, uh, just something to consider. And if so, that does put us right here at the doors of this revelation coming true. If it isn't the coronavirus, which, um, I mean, it's possible it could be, if it's not, it's saying there's a force that's going to go out conquering and to conquer, and that actually could be misinformation, it could be ignorance, it could be all kinds of things. 
Um, but since it's given a crown, crown translates to corona, so it could be the coronavirus. Who knows? When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see. And another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and the people should kill one another. And it was given to him a great sword. So that's basically the second force that's going out, um, again, described as a horse, um, is, um, is war, basically. It's um, conflict on the earth. That's what's, um, what's sent out. But since that's happened since like the beginning of time, it, that wouldn't be an easy um, uh, signpost to watch for wars and rumors of wars or something Jesus said would happen. But if you really think about it, there's been wars and rumors of war since the beginning. So it'd be kind of hard to say, oh, that's a signal of the end. When he opened a third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. And I looked and behold, a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat, four denarius, and three quarts of barley, four denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. So this um, third Horse, third horse that is a force which goes out into the world is is described as scarcity. It'd be a saying you'll work all day, but for very very little. And when it says don't harm the oil, the harm the oil or the wine, um, of the wheat. Let's take them one at a time. Um, first, there's a third rider, a third force going out, and a pair of scales meaning balance, fairness, weighing things out. That would mean, if you consider um, how inflation works, how just a few weeks ago, eggs, a dozen eggs, at least at Aldi, were 58, 59 cents. Now they're over a dollar. So it's the same thing. You're getting the same thing, but it's costing you a lot more. That's what it's saying is going to happen. And that's going to be a sign of, um, of this seal. And then in the part about um, a quarter of wheat for denarius, that's the scarcity and three quarts of barley. Again, it's the scarcity and the inflation of things costing a lot more than they should. And in this case, in the case of now, um, modern times, it's because of corruption that that happens, where, for instance, farms are being subsidized and given welfare to keep prices artificially high just because to keep those people on the side of maintaining the system of corporate socialism, corporate welfare, and nothing for the people. It's happening. It's what's happening now. I mean, and it's, of course, you can say it's happened before. It's happened in other countries. But the fact that it's mentioned here as a sign um, of this um, third seal. And then, and do not harm the oil or wine. In the, If you think about old times, the oil would be the olive oil, um, or wine. If you think about modern times, the oil would be petroleum. And it's saying, it's saying you're spending all this money to get a little bit of wheat to eat and, um, or some barley to make some bread and eat. And that's all you're going to be able to afford. And don't even think about being able to afford gas. Now you can see now that petroleum, oil, gas is on a, um, it's completely manipulated for one because one, the U.S. has been the number one producer of oil for a very long time now, um, at least in re modern history. And yet the gas prices are still ridiculously high. I remember in the 90s, gas was a dollar a gallon. Now it's twice that, even though the U.S. is the number one producer. 
And even now that you see Saudi Arabia and um, one of the Middle Eastern countries, I think Iran, engaged in a, 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 a price war over oil, the prices still haven't gone down all that much. It's just under two dollars. When if you think, and it's all because of corruption and manipulation. Because if you think about it realistically, if we're the number one producer of oil, there's no reason gas should be so expensive. We should easily, especially since it's being subsidized. It's not like they're producing oil on their own. If you don't know, the oil industry, just like many other industries and corporations, are completely subsidized by the U.S. government. That means the money you pay, that means if you want to go get food stamps or if you want to go get a welfare check or if you want to get Social Security or disability, disability, you're going to have to jump through all kinds of hoops and meet all kinds of requirements and be vetted through all kinds of dis- different systems before you'll get a penny. But if you're a corporation, you're going to get millions, billions actually in subsidies in a country that's supposedly capitalist, which means only the survival of the fittest. If your business can't make money, you go under. But that's not how it is. That's what capitalism is supposed to mean. That's not what it actually is in practice. In practice, in reality, if you're not going to be a hypocrite, capitalism in America means if you're a corporation, the government will pay you to stay in business and give you money, proven by this recent bailout, $2 billion, $2 trillion, excuse me, which um, only about 25% is going to the common people. The rest of it is going to corporations and things that are supposed to be able to survive on their own. But it's just a talking point. It's just a lie that people buy into. Even people who don't benefit from it, they keep it going. So if you, just one last thing. If you think that you don't need to vote, you don't need to include yourself in politics, it's very foolish because politics is all about policy. That means you're voting for whatever your policy is that you're going to have to live by. So if you're okay with um, things like uh, corporate welfare but nothing for poor people, if you're okay with uh, police brutality and nothing happening to them, uh, if you're okay with uh, the double standard of women only making 75 cents on a dollar when men make a dollar just because they're women, if you're okay with all that, then that's fine. Keep voting the way you're going to vote. But if you would like to change those policies, the point is you should vote to change those policies. Sitting back and doing nothing isn't going to benefit you. Um, so anyway, that's what is saying. What's um, the third seal was? When he opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice from the fourth living creature saying, "Come and see." And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed with him, and a and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. So um, basically, that's mass deaths, mass um, massive loss of life. That's what um, is saying um, the fourth seal is going to reveal. That the pale horse um, is death. Um, if you remember, all the first horse was uh, white, I believe, right? Uh, a white horse. But this uh, fourth one is a pale one. And neither one of them is Antichrist. The word Antichrist still has not been mentioned yet in any of the Gospels or here in Revelation um, or even a figure of the Antichrist. But in any way, at any rate, um, this fourth um, seal revealed a lot of people dying, widespread death on the earth. And um, the means that people would die of uh, well, I guess the other thing to notice is that it says 
death and Hades, which would be um, death, obviously, and Hades would be hell, what we consider, what we call hell, um, riding around. Basically, so people are getting swallowed up by death and going to hell is what um, those two horses are, um, what those two forces are bringing about on the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. So, um, this is a little different. I mean, this sort of aligns with what um, is said in the book of Luke about what happens to people, say the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, upon dying, one went to hell and the other one was in Abraham's bosom. But there's no mention of God being in either place there at all. And that was Jesus giving that um, that story, that account. Um, here where we see that there is access to God, at least in this um, vision. And the people who have access to God are the ones who've been martyred, basically. And that just means they've given their lives, whether voluntarily or not, they've died for their testimony to of, to Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ to the world. And that that's who's surrounding the throne there of God. And they cry with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? So um, the um, people there, the souls there that are surrounding God, um, they're not just there giving praises like the millions that we just read about in chapter 5. These are the martyrs, the ones who died for their testimony. And what they're asking for is basically revenge. They're asking their blood be avenged, that they didn't die for any, for nothing, that their suffering wasn't for nothing in vain. And they're asking God to do something about it. And how long are you going to sit there on the throne and watch while our brothers are murdered? And a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren also would be killed as they were, was completed. So this lets us know that this isn't um, a completely, this isn't a hereafter revelation. You know, this isn't something that's going to happen after it all is over with. This is leading up to it because he's saying all of the martyrs haven't arrived yet. So there are still some who are to die uh, for their testimony um, of Jesus Christ. I look when he opened, and just the one last thing you can think of, in case you don't think that happens nowadays, it does. There have been um, Christian martyrs, whether they were actually carrying forth the, the gospel or not, they identify themselves as Christian, and they um, were murdered. Some, you can find the videos online, sometimes they posted, like the beheadings um, in recent years um, by like ISIS.